Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome to another episode of the What Is Truth radio show. Glad to be with you here this bright uh, Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. We'll be with you for the next hour. This is Pastor Michael Caesar up at the Grace and Truth Church with my panel of truth sitting before me. And we're going to be studying today. If you have some free time, grab that Bible, turn to the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament. That's the first book after the Gospels. Turn to chapter 22, and we're going to be looking at a very interesting story as the Apostle Paul talks about his past life and the story of his conversion from Judaism to Christianity and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll be along with you, along with our, my good friend, Mark Sassy. Good, good to morning. have you, brother. Good morning. And uh, Teresa DiPietro is joining us good to morning. give us the uh, <laughs> the insights of a woman into this passage because we men, we're kind of monolithic. So, yes. Okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, we left off, uh, it was two weeks ago. And when we did, one of the things that we had noticed that back in Acts 21, in the last chapter, yes. Paul addresses the, uh, he, he gets uh, rescued kind of by the chief captain of the Roman guard. With Ro- chains Roman on his soldiers. hands. And I mean, yeah. they think he's a criminal, but they're yeah. they're taking him away from the crowd who wanted to kill him. Yes. And they're going to bring him to prison and they're going to examine him. Yeah. Yes. And so we see in the last chapter, chapter 21, verse 37, he speaks Greek. Paul speaks Greek to the chief captain. Yes. And then... At the end of the chapter, he uh, addresses the crowd on the stairs of the castle in Jerusalem. Yes. And he speaks unto them in the Hebrew tongue, which was the language of the religion that yeah. they would use in the synagogue yeah. and at the temple. And and it, it silences the crowd. And here he is. He's uh, <clears throat> on the stairs of the castle. And he's before the multitude here, uh, Acts chapter 22. And he starts out with this. He, he addresses them, all of them. He says, men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. Because someone had, in the last chapter had spread a rumor about him that he had done something which you weren't supposed to do by bringing uncircumcised Gentiles into the temple. And yes. he hadn't done anything like that. No, there was a false accusation. What else is new? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's what it starts with, a false accusation. Yeah. And so they thought that he was teaching against the law. They thought he was teaching against Moses, teaching against circumcision and their customs. He, they thought all these things. Sure. And they thought that he brought Gentiles into yeah. the temple. Well, right. Somebody thought, you're from Egypt, you're an Egyptian. And now he's going to mm-hmm. tell the now Truth he's going to defend go. Yeah, go himself. And verse 2, it says, And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he yeah. saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. Which city is that? That's Jerusalem. Yeah, right. We see that in uh, verse 31 of the last chapter. Yeah. And then he says, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye are, ye all are this day. In other words, I used to go to the temple like all of you. Mm-hmm. I, I love the hearing of the word of God. I studied with Gamaliel. If you go back to chapter 5, he was oh, had yeah. a great reputation. He'd be like yes. the Billy Graham of Five, his day. Yes. I mean, everybody kind of knew about this guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there was a, a problem going on back then about 20 years ago, and there stood up a man in the council, a Pharisee, which was one of the leaders, that'd be like a member of uh, in the Vatican, the Cardinals, like a college yes. of Cardinals, a really high, high, high up level. there. Yeah. And his name was Gamaliel, a doctor of the law. That's the Hebrew law of Moses. And he had a reputation among all the people. Everybody knew this is a faithful, good teacher. Yeah. Amen. And Paul says, I'm studying with him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's laying a foundation here for his defense. And he says in verse four, he says, and I persecuted this way, meaning the Christians. Yes. I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons, both men and women. And I want to say right here that Paul shows he was as furious against the Christians of this way as they themselves now were. Okay. Against In other him. words, I've been like you yeah. at one point in the past. I yeah. was like that. I was yeah. just like you. There you go. Yep. But, f- but he's also calling them out. He's also telling them that they allowed him to murder those people. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. doing that because you told yeah. me to. Yeah. He's implicating yeah. them yeah, of the crimes, you know, right. like, and, and, which makes him <laughs> more angry. But go ahead. And he, at the end of verse three, he was zealous. Yes. But he was religiously zealous until he got saved and met Jesus. Yeah. It's like people who are zealous for laws that exist now and they shouldn't be. They're against God. Abortion for one. If you want to be zealous, you want to be zealous for a good thing, not not an evil thing. Something that's not contrary to the the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Paul would write later to the people in Rome, I bear up my record of all my brethren in Jerusalem. They have a zeal of God, Mm -hmm. but not according to to the knowledge of Jesus Christ he's talking about. They don't know about the Savior. Amen. And then verse 5, he says, As also the high priest doth bear me witness, Yes. and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren. And I went to Damascus to bring them, which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. Now I find it's a little curious in verse 6 here. It mentions that there was a great light that shone from heaven Mm -hmm. in a King James Bible. Somehow in the modern Bibles they say a a light flashed. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) that that could be lightning. That could be uh, some kind of deception or something. But this was a great light that shone from heaven and it was all around him. In verse 7, he says, And I fell unto the ground, and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. So he, he recognizes and he addresses him as Lord. Yes. And this is, he's retelling his testimony of what happened back in Acts chapter 9, I believe. Sure. Where he got saved on the road to Damascus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, when he saw that light, I think the first thing that went through his mind, having been a Jew who was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, the great teacher, and having read the Old Testament scriptures, he saw, he read about the light in the book of Exodus. He read about the light in Genesis. And every time he read about the light, it was God. It was God's light. Amen. God is a light, the psalmist would write. And he's thinking, my goodness, this great, I mean, what light can be brighter than the sun? Have you ever had a flashlight at noon 
See how I'm what exactly does it <laughs> doesn't do? really work that well. Right. Even if I have an incandescent bulb or even mm-hmm. an LED compared to the sun at noon, nothing. nothing. And this thing is overshadowing the sun, making it look dim in comparison. Wow. And God thinking right, uh, Paul's thinking this is God, and and so that's why he says, "Well, who art thou, Lord?" And he expected him the answer. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of a sudden he hears, I am Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. And he's kind of putting two and two together. I heard those people preach that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. I thought they were wrong and blasphemers. And now he's showing me personally. He is. And and he gives a really good response. Yeah. You know, he says, who art thou, Lord? Right? Yep. And anyways, in, in verse nine, and they that were with me, so there was a group of travelers with That's him. That's right. They saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Nope. And I thought about that as I was reading through. And in the Bible, there's a couple different mentions of um, like God's voice. Yes. The Bible mentions that God's voice is like thunder. Yes. In Job 40, verse 9, and in Psalm 104, verse 7. Yes. But the Bible also speaks of other things with a voice. Yes. Such as uh, in Exodus 19, verse 16, a trumpet has a voice. Correct. <laughs> and in Jeremiah 51, verse 55, the ocean has a voice. Yeah. So there's different types of voices according yes. to God. Correct. And, and what he's saying here is that uh, the men that were with him, they heard not the voice. They heard something. But they did not hear, they didn't understand. And this is, I'm sorry, this is like where it becomes personal. This is a one-on-one thing with the Lord. And when when you get saved, it's a personal thing, one-on-one. It wasn't their time or they couldn't hear it or they rejected it or whatever it is. They didn't want to hear the voice of the Lord. So they didn't hear it, but he heard it loud and clear. And he obviously received it. Yeah, I remember the time when... uh, Lazarus died and Jesus came to uh, raise him from the dead. And as he was uh, praying uh, and and he prayed to his father and he said, Father, glorify thy name. And this is in John chapter 12, verse 28. It says, and and there was a large crowd there. There was Mary, Martha, Mm -hmm. uh, Lazarus in the grave, a number of uh, Pharisees from the city because Mary and Martha and Lazarus had lots of money and they had learned to... uh, get donations from them. There was a bunch of people there and father glorify thy name. Jesus prays. And it says, and then there came a voice from heaven saying, and this is the father speaking. I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. And then the next verse 29 and the people, therefore that stood by heard it and said, I think it just thundered. (laughs) <laughs> and somebody else said, well, I think an angel answered him, but they couldn't recognize the voice of God Amen. because they didn't know him. In order to hear God's voice, we need to have a relationship with him. Amen. And Amen. God's establishing that relationship with Paul right here. Yeah. And it's almost hid right in the passage, but it's evident when you know the whole story, like Amen. you just explained. Yeah. And verse 10, he says, and this is Paul, and he says, and I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, (laughs) being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. Yeah, that was quite a light. It blinded him. him. Sure, sure. I mean, we're taught as kids, 
You all don't need to be taught. You don't look at the sun. Right. right. I mean, it, it'll hurt you. It'll hurt your eyes. And this light was brighter than the sun. Mm-hmm. And he might have looked momentarily and he was blinded by it. I guess yeah. that's what truth does to some people. You know, <laughs> yeah. some of them can come in here and they're a little into our church, Grace and Truth Church, yeah. and kind of be blinded by that truth coming from the pulpit. There's so much truth coming from the pulpit. Light's a little bit too bright for them. You know, some yeah. stay, some leave. They yeah. can't handle it. But the ones that stay, they get to receive that light. It's beautiful. Amen. I you mean, know? God is light. Amen. And him is no darkness at <laughs> Amen. all. Amen. So, so he received a, a bunch of truth at one time, didn't he? Yeah, that's Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty bright. Yeah. And this testimony is, you know, it's different than anyone else's testimony, but any born again Christian has their own testimony. A unique testimony. Yeah. A unique testimony. This God is a, God, them. I yes. would love a Saul to Paul. Didn't exactly happen with me, a Saul to Paul uh, okay. conversion. But I love it in verse nine, he meets him. And then 10, he does. He just go do it. Amen. You know, he's like, okay, what do you want me to do? Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you know saying. what I'm saying? Like he meets him and then he's like, okay, what do you want me to do? Well, yeah. What, what shall I do? Okay, Lord? here's the truth. How quick is that? Listener out there in the audience. <laughs> Which doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, here, here's the truth. <laughs> One of the things the Lord does, and first off, he loves the world. So love the world. Mm-hmm. He gave a savior. Amen. And yes. anyone whosoever receiveth and believeth can have the gift of eternal life. And then what God would like to do is to use his children in the work of the ministry, in service. Yes. But a lot of them don't want to serve. And God says, that's okay, they're still my children. But this was one who had been serving. I was zealous for the Old Testament. Why would I not be zealous for the New Testament? Amen. And Well, and, in verse 10, he summarizes it very brief. And the Lord said unto me, arise, which he did. Yep. And then go into Damascus. And, and with salvation... The Lord says, come unto me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. so the first thing you have to do is you have to come. Just like back in Noah's Ark, people had to come yes. to the Ark mm-hmm. to be saved. You have to come to Jesus to be saved. Yes. Once you come to Jesus and you're saved by putting your faith in him, yeah. then it's time to go then and go. tell the story. Then you go. Which is the gospel story. <laughs> Amen. And he's told to go and meet a man in Damascus. Yes. And one of the things God will do with a new convert is send him to an older man in the faith that can teach him, an older brother, an older sister, somebody that can teach. Amen. And so God does that with the children. When I first got saved, I needed a place to go. God was able to send me to a church where there was a pastor who, what does he say? Go and it shall be told thee things that I've appointed for you to do. Amen. Okay, so I went and I began to listen. And God has instruction for his children if we just go attend. Amen. And and Time to grow. Amen. Yeah. In verse 12, and it says, And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, the, the Jewish law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, he came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one. And shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. I want to pause there for a yeah. second. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's saying the God of our fathers. This is the God of the Old Testament. Absolutely. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has chosen Saul. Right? And that he should know him, know his will, 
That's one thing. I mean, you get to know God. It's, it's a relationship to know him. But he's also going to see him and hear the voice of his mouth. And we today can know him through his word. Yes. Through faith. And we can hear the voice of his mouth through the Bible. Absolutely. And not through vain imaginations. Amen. Most people make up who God is. It's right here in the scriptures who God is. Yes. So why would someone today say, I heard a word from the Lord when I was oh. walking in the woods today. <laughs> How about you heard a word from the Lord when you were reading his word Amen. today? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to back up a little bit, but Paul, um, you know, in this conversion here, he, he, I know you guys may have talked about the conversion already, but his whole life was disrupted and everything he thought was right became wrong. Like a 180. Like boom, 180, which yeah. is, happens with salvation. I mean, like the lights are on, the lights go on and all of a sudden your gray areas in life become black and white. I mean, I have my own testimony, Amen. several areas, you know, mediums. No, don't go see mediums. Amen. I didn't even have to read that. The Lord showed me, told me that, you know, I knew it. I was like, absolutely not ever again, Amen. ever again. Well, why would, let's say before you met the Lord, why might you go to a medium? Because you don't know your future. You want to know what's going to happen in your life. You're unsettled Amen. with your life. Right. You're curious yeah. about your curious soul and your spirit and the sure. future and what's going to happen <clears throat> now. But when you met the Lord mm-hmm. and you came to his word, you don't go in there anymore because Never. now the, word. the answer is thy word concerning all precepts and all things to be true. Yes. Now, now God's given us what we need. Absolutely. We're not searching anymore. We found the not truth. At all. Yeah. And, and he warns against those things. He absolutely yeah. does. I mean, Deuteronomy, I that. Deuteronomy 18, 10, oh, if anybody yeah. wants to check it out, he warns <laughs> against necromancers, people that, uh, you know, <clears throat> prophesy falsely, people that are yeah. into magic and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you just stay away from it. I know. And, and, you know, um, it, part of it, it's called discernment. Yeah. And in Isaiah, Uh, Chapter 8, I think it's verse 15, he talks about how you should have discernment to uh, refuse the evil and choose the good. And that's, you know, staying away from things like what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Let me get to it. Well, you're looking there. I'll just, uh, Paul is a famous apostle. The other one we think of is Peter. Another famous apostle. And Peter writes in his epistle, he says, I'm Simon Peter. I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I want to write to all of you who've obtained the precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus, our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us, whereby we are given these exceeding great and precious promises. So God says, I'm going to give you the things you need to have spiritual knowledge. Why would I want to go to a psychic or a medium when That's I can right. go to the very God who's the creator? That's right. Amen. So why not go to what's good? Mm-hmm. Right? Teresa was just talking about how after you get saved, things get to be more black and white. And I was off by a chapter. It's Isaiah seven fifteen. Yes. And the verse before says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. Yes. So it's talking about Jesus Christ. Next verse, 15. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil 
and choose the good. Mm -hmm. I wrote in my Bible, discernment. Mm -hmm. It's more than just going after the good. It's putting up bra putting the brakes on things that are evil, things that are dark, things that are bad, things yes. that God warns you against. No more mm -hmm. Ouija boards. No more exactly. Ouija boards. Okay, All right. Exactly. No more. But <laughs> I mean, it is a wonderful thing. He just, he finally realized it was wrong to reject Jesus Christ. And, you know, listener, I'm, I'm just begging you today, just stop trying to do things that are, you think are pleasing to the Lord. Just accept Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you. That's the most pleasing thing to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. When you just take the testimony and the record that he's written of his son and believe it. Just believe it. Yeah. Well, Receive it. He said, yeah. one, he said at one point, he said, why will you die? Man, yeah. I know. Or, oh, I say that right? a lot. Why will you die? <laughs> Death is certain for everyone, yeah. right? But yet in John's gospel, it says that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, John 1, 12. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as that. Will you receive him? Right. Or if not, then you're already rejecting him. Right. Yeah. So here we are. It's uh, Go ahead. It, in verse 15, he says, thou shalt be his witness unto all men. Now, whose witness is that? The witness of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Because in the last verse, it said, that thou should see, and then it, it has in capital J-O, the just one. Yeah. The just one is Jesus. Jesus. And he got a chance to see him uh, literally. We just saw there was a light. He saw him. He talked with him. We get to see him through the light of scripture. Mm -hmm. And then what do we do? We're to be a witness. Unto him. Uh, yeah. yeah. A, a, the one we've seen through the scriptures. And Open so your the, mouth. <laughs> amen. So there's one more uh, a witness in the Bible that you're not to be a Jehovah witness. No. You're to be a witness for Jesus. A Jesus witness. And that, that's like a, a verily, verily to something back in Acts chapter 20, yep. where um, it says, uh, 20, yeah. Acts 20, 20, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. In the next verse, talking about faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, yep. repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So you're really, that's the focus. Amen. Jesus Christ is the focus of this book and the focus of the gospel and the focus of what you ought to be witnessing. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. So verse 16, it says, and now, and now why tarriest thou? Jesus says to him, he says, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Uh -huh. And so he, he does that. He gets baptized. And I had written a note on that. Uh, baptism, it comes after repentance, yes. after turning to God. Yes. Like we just saw in Acts chapter 20, turning toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And baptism, it's attended by a believer by faith, and it becomes a symbol of the washing away of sins and that's given to all born-again believers. It's, it's one of the ordinances Paul would write a couple books later in 1 Corinthians. And the interesting thing is when the Lord was speaking to him back in verse 10, and Paul is waiting for instruction, Lord, what will you have me do? What shall I do? He says, now you arise, you go to Damascus. It's going to be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when he met this man, Ananias, this devout man who was a believer in the Lord, um, he he told him one of the things God wants you to do is now call on the name of the Lord and, and be baptized. Amen. I mean, I'm instructing you now that you've you've believed on the Lord, you realize his name is Jesus, you've received him in your heart, go outwardly and do it and show all men. And for Paul, 
he remembers uh, back in John chapter 1 and uh, Matthew chapter 3, there was a man named John the Baptist baptizing people in the wilderness, calling on the name of the Lord. And Paul went out there with the Pharisees and Sadducees and watched, what's this all about? You can't call on the name of another Lord. And now they're realizing, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus of Nazareth. You now call on the name of the Lord Jesus. That's that's what that's you do. It. And you do it Amen. publicly Amen. to let people know. Calling Amen. on the name of the Lord. That's how you get saved. Amen. Right and there. Sometimes people have a little cloudiness and non-clarity when it comes to water baptism. Right. But I think one There's thing that, so much of that. Yeah. But I think one thing that makes it simple is, you know, everybody's familiar with football, the NFL. There's been a lot of stuff with the Buffalo Bills. We were here in Buffalo, right? There was? So, I'm only kidding. Yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. I missed that. <laughs> and, and, and they have a Hall of Fame. Yeah. With their greatest players. Sure. Right? And the Bible has... Their goats. The, yeah. Greatest of all time. The Bible has like a roll call of faith <laughs> yes. in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. Right. And Hebrews chapter 11, it's all about faith and that all these great men, if you, you know, they're all sinners, but they came by faith right. to faith in God and faith in Christ. And that's really, that's what God requires. Without mm-hmm. faith, it's impossible to please him. It never says that about baptism. Right. It's by faith. Amen. Yeah. And then it says here, uh, verse 17, and it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, this is Paul, he says, I was in a trance and I saw him saying unto me, him is Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, because the words are read in my Bible. You know, right. Make haste. Yeah. Amen. Jesus. And he said, saying unto me, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death. And I kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word. And then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth. It is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air. I'll pause there for a second. (laughs) So they're mad. Very angry. The Jews, they're listening to him and this testimony all the way up until verse 22. So here it is. It's Acts 22, verse 22. And they listened all the way up until that word. What was the word? Gentiles. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. They didn't get angry when he spoke with Jesus. They didn't get angry because of that. But he's trying to make them equal. You know, he's suggesting that they're, they could be equal to the Jews, the Gentiles. Well, this is national like, pride. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's their heritage. Those it's dogs, their, those dog Gentiles. Gentile dogs, yes. <laughs> and, and they could not endure the idea that God would regard the Gentiles. Right. And they have this bitterness and this bigotry about the Gentiles because they're God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. They're a holy nation unto God. That's what it says in the Old Testament, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what do you th- what are your thoughts, Pastor? Well, well, and you hear that a lot, and it is a truth from the Bible. I think Old and New Testament, the Jews are God's chosen people. But the question would be chosen for what? Hmm. I mean, chosen so that they should be special, so that God can just shower them with favoritism and God be a respecter of them and not the other people. But but he told them, God told them a long, long time ago, 
on Mount Sinai. Uh, let me just read it for you. But what were they chosen for? And the Lord came down and Moses said, uh, Lord, what will you have me to do? And he said, you've seen what I, the Lord, did to the Egyptians. I, I delivered you from Egypt. I bear you on eagles' wings. I have brought you unto myself. Uh, Exodus uh, 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, we're getting late. I may have to finish this. We're going to go to a, a station identification break. And this is What is Truth. We'll be back with you in a moment. And we'll continue in Exodus 19, just looking. What were the Jew Jewish people chosen for? And we'll get the answer in a moment. Right back. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome back to the What is Truth program. We were just, uh, at the last moment, we were making a comment before we went to station break that the Jews are God's chosen people. Amen. And there's no question about that, both in the Old and New Testament. But the question is, what were they chosen for? And God uh, told them way after the Passover when he delivered them and they came to the Mount Sinai, God told them in Exodus 19 and verse 4, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself now. He's implying I'm choosing you for a reason. Therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I'm In other words, I'm giving you the word of God. I'm giving you the oracles. I'm revealing myself to you so you can tell all the other nations in the world about me. Amen. So, so a true Jew who's behaving as a chosen person Every time he meets you, he should be talking about God, God, Jehovah and the Old Testament. Amen. Not about an insurance policy, not about a diamond that he has for you, not about something. I'm, no, I mean, I understand they have business to do, but sure. God says the greater business is telling these people about me. And they didn't but do they that. But they failed then and they're failing now. And, like, yes. Like, well, that command Even born again Christians fail. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. That They get saved and they don't tell a word. They don't tell anybody about their testimony. Like an under, undercover Christian. An undercover Christian. But exactly. Like with Exodus 19, that's going back to 1500 BC. That's 3,500 years ago. Right. And in all that time, what were they appointed to do by God? They were appointed to have the oracles of God, yes. all the prophets. This whole book, the whole mm -hmm. Bible is a Jewish book. Absolutely. It's all Jewish prophets. Mm -hmm. And these Jewish prophets that were speaking God's words, they're supposed to give them out. To, to others, the world, mm -hmm. to the world. And we, we all grew up as uh, uh, children and we didn't K-N-O-W God. Right. We kind of had no. thoughts about God, ruminations about God, mm -hmm. maybe images and concepts given to us by others, but we did not know God. Right. I, I remember as a little boy, I was a strange little <laughs> kid. I remember <laughs> my mom and dad, I think for my 10th birthday, they bought me a, a little tape recorder this is 1964 so a little tape recorder was the size of a volkswagen bus no 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 that it was but they, they had just come up with these uh, cassette tape recorders they were these modern inventions 
And I went down the street to play with the tape recorder with the kids. And they wanted to go out in the backyard and make noises and do things like that. And I was contemplative. And I was asking them, I said, let's do some interviews. I, I said, Bill, you ever wonder why you're Bill and you're not Mike and I'm Mike <laughs> and I'm not you? I mean, I was wondering questions about the soul. Yeah. And, and you know, do we really know God? Well, I didn't. Right. Well, there weren't answers. Well, you didn't grow up with the scrolls and the synagogue and hearing God's words. Right. Like a young Jew would. Yes. And but their job wasn't just to keep it to themselves. Correct. Their job was to be witnesses to the, the nations, Amen. to the world. So we Italians yeah. didn't know these things. Right. So we had a bunch of traditions someone else had written as opposed to what God had written. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Men's traditions, religious traditions yeah. instead of God's word. And and so we weren't sure. We were, it was a shade of great us. We didn't know that there was a light mm-hmm. that could be seen That's interesting in the because, book. you know, there are some nations that were obviously blotted out. They're no, they no longer exist. And it's almost like the Lord knew that they would never receive him. But all those other nations that kind of like were surrounding the Israelites, they were to give them the oracles. oracles and the truth. That's but they right. didn't because they were practicing their own pagan religions and things that they made up and they had their false gods. Yes. Because of that. The problem with mankind. We, <laughs> we make up our own religions, yeah. our own gods. Yes. Well, mm. we, we get prideful. Don't we? We get prideful. And right. uh, here we see an example where the, the Jews were prideful. They didn't want to hear about the Gentiles, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And as soon as he mentions the Gentiles, it's Oof. like, it's starting a riot. They mm-hmm. want to kill them. They're, you know, casting off their clothes, throwing dust in the air. They want to kill them. Oh, yeah. Well, like we saw earlier in the chapter of 22, and even before that, they were zealous. And Paul even said that you're zealous of the law. And to verse three, uh, and you're zealous toward God, but not with a knowledge of God. Uh, the book before the Acts of the Apostles is the great gospel of John. Yes. Probably the finest book. If you've never read the Bible, my listening friend, the place to start would be the gospel of John. Amen. Because that's the one gospel where you will learn about the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And in that gospel, it says, he was the true light, in verse 9, which lights every man that comes into the world. Jesus Christ wants to bring the light to you. It says in verse 10, he was in the world back in 30 AD, and the world was made by him a long, long time ago, and the world knew him not because they had all these bad religions. They didn't have God's word. So he figured in verse 11, I'll go to the Jews. He came to his own and his own own received him not. That would be the Jews. Yeah. And that was what he was facing. That's why I I think Jesus is telling him in Acts chapter 22, verse 18, look, make haste, Paul, get out of Jerusalem. They're not going to receive your testimony concerning me. They didn't receive me. They don't want it. They've hardened their hearts to the truth. Uh, Jesus, again, uh, we'll just go through scriptures. Matthew chapter 13. It's interesting uh, how many times we hear as you're speaking on this to receive him. Mm-hmm. And yes. yet modern Christianity is all about accept, accept. Have you accepted? It, no, it's receive him. Mm-hmm. Yes. But anyways. And in right. Matthew 13, 13, Jesus <laughs> in this chapter He's been teaching about a year and a half in Jerusalem. He's the promised Messiah. You just read the verse in Isaiah chapter 7. Yes. I'll I'll give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive. 
here's the child that was born of the virgin that conceived. Amen. Here he is. He's finally arrived. They've read the prophecies about him. He'll be born in Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. He, he's going to walk around in sandals. Here he is. He's teaching. And in the 13th chapter, they're, they're turning away from him. So he began to speak the parables. And they asked him in verse 10, the disciples said, why are you speaking to these people in parables? And he said, verse 13, I speak to them in parables, in parables because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Why is that? Uh, because verse 15, their heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. They don't want to hear my father's words. Their eyes, they've closed. Right. They've shut their eyes to the truth, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted. And I, I'll heal them if they would just turn to me. Amen. But they don't want to hear. No, Amen. because it, back in John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation, yep. that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, that's for, a very strong statement there because the implication of it is, what are the deeds of these men right here that are fighting with Paul? Religion. They're zealous of religion. Yeah. Yes. And they're not zealous for the truth. Yeah, and, they're, they're, and, and God says zeal for religion without truth is evil in his sight. That's right. right. He wants you zealous for truth. Yes. The, the words of God are the beginning of knowledge. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't matter what religion. No. It doesn't matter if it's Hinduism or Islam. Buddhist or, 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 and even Judaism. Even Judaism. Because yes. the whole point of Judaism is to bring you to Jesus Christ. That's, That's right. why the law was Jesus given. Jesus was the it's fulfillment of the law. schoolmaster. Amen. To bring yeah. us to Christ. Yeah. He was the fulfillment of the law. Amen. And That's what Paul is trying to explain to them. Yeah. That they're telling him he's trying to abolish the law or whatever. He's so, trying to. so in verse 21, when Jesus finally finishes and says in words are read, Paul, depart. I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Uh, I Here's what God and Jesus are saying. For 1,500 years, we gave the words to the Jews to be priests, and they didn't do it. I'm beginning a new program. It is a New Testament. I'm going to work with Gentiles now. Paul, you're going to write books to Gentiles, and people like Mark are going to get saved, and Teresa are going to get saved, and they're going to believe the book, and they're going to tell others. Amen. And so this is a work of God called the church. Yes. Mm -hmm. But God's not done with the Jews. No, no. He'll, I no, mean, they're still, they are still his chosen, chosen people. people. And, yes. and it's just... They, they need to be in his word. Yes. And they need to receive his son. Make the right choice. Amen. You receive Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Now, in, in this area where he they get really mad at him. Sure. Right. And uh, and they bait. He should be examined by scourging. But <laughs> I just want to go backtrack just a little bit because at first, Paul, I'm talking about witnessing to somebody. OK, if we go door to door or whatnot. First, we try to, you know, relate to them. Okay. So Paul's trying to relate to them. Tell them, I was that. I got the I same was, background. I you was got, that yeah, one time. Just right? like you. So I was at, here's a, just a quick example. I was at CVS yesterday or the day before yesterday. And the gentleman that was cashing me out, I said, um, when we were done, I said, can I share something with you? And it was a Jesus paid it all track. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, sure. You know, he's a little reluctant. And I said, well, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? And he goes, 
I was raised Catholic, so I don't even bother with that. And I will, well, guess what? I was raised Catholic. And when I got saved, I was angry with the Catholic church because they never told me that I can know for sure where I'm going when I, when I die. And I said, hang on, I got a better one for you. So I pulled out my last, my very last religion kills track. Okay. And then I gave it to him and he goes, now that's more my, my, my cup of tea, you know, basically. Interesting. Well, if you are an adult that grew up in America. And, and you're either not religious, you're irreligious, or you've been in a religion, you've watched them all. They seem to be in your pocket. They seem to want things from you. They're right. not giving to you. They seem to be taking from you. And you think it's just a racket. Yeah, I thought every sure. religion was a racket. But salvation isn't a religion. It's Amen. a relationship. Amen. And God is not trying to take from you. He wants to give, give to you. you. He doesn't gift. need your money. Yeah. We don't pass the plate here. No. He God doesn't need your money. Believe me. <laughs> Did you hear that? He's we don't pass the plate it. here. <laughs> but he, well, he wants to give you something, a yes. gift. Well, but it, we, we have a friend that yeah. says that uh, I have a baloney detector <laughs> and, and it works just fine. And, and you can, you can sense the baloney in some of the religions out yes. there. Good. And, and God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How, do you, how do you taste? You get into his word, starting with the gospel, John, sure. taste yeah. and see that the Lord is good. Like that young man, he must've had a baloney detector because he's <laughs> not in any religion, which is better. But it, as this, as chapter 22 goes on, you see at the end where he's pressing in even more. Now he's talking about the Gentiles. And I see that even with witnessing, yeah. you know, when we press in, they can start to get angry, Sure. you know, and then they start to defend their religion. And then, and that's the one thing, religious people, they yeah. don't talk about Jesus. They defend the religious system Absolutely. all the time to yeah. death. Sure. I'm, I'm Episcopalian. I grew up in the Episcopal. Uh, yeah. Well, the Presbyterian church says, I mean, well, well, at the Mormon tabernacle, they teach us. I mean, they'll, they'll talk yeah. about their church and their religion, not about the same God, grace the God of, of Jesus. the Bible yeah. or the, the son and of God. And a lot of that talk is bunny trails to the left yeah. and to the right and all over the place. But the focus ought to be the cross of Calvary right. yes. and the gospel message that Christ died for our sins. Amen. The simple gospel message. Yeah. There you go. Simple. It's the simplicity of Christ. Amen. So here we are in verse 24. So they're, they're fired up. The Jews are fired up against Paul. And verse 24, the chief captain, that would be the Roman soldier, the Correct. chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. Yeah. So he wants to find out what's really going on here. There why, must be why, something Why are you more. making these people mad? Let's beat you up and find out what's making them mad. <laughs> We're trying make to get a confession out <laughs> of them. We're going to make them talk. Yeah. yeah. Right. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? And when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain saying, take heed what thou doest. For this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and he said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? And he said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn. <laughs> then straightway they departed from him, which should, should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. And on the morrow, because he would have known the certainty wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands, and he commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear, 
and he brought Paul down and set him before them. I want to say here, yeah. now think about this. Yeah. The chief captain, he was all set to scourge him. Yes. And the centurion was there. They, you know, all these guys were ready to do what they were going to, they were going to get some, something out of Paul, right? Sure. And then when they found out he was a Roman, it turned things around. And it reminds me of an old true story. There's a true story about, if you remember General MacArthur, he was the commander of the Pacific Fleet for the Correct. U.S. Navy in yep. uh, World War II. He got carjacked. He had somebody flag him down and stick a gun in his window and say, give me your wallet. <laughs> and you know what MacArthur did? This is a true story. MacArthur said, put that gun away. He says, I'm going to step out of the car and we'll fight fair and square for my wallet. My name is MacArthur. That's a true story. That's great. And the guy put his gun away and said, General, I'm sorry. I was one of your men during the rainbow in the rainbow division in World War One. Wow. And he goes, General, I apologize. I am so sorry. And he walked away. You better watch who you try to yeah. <laughs> hold so up. The, so the point is, you know, he was all set to steal his wallet. Until, until he found out who he was. Yeah. Absolutely. He pulled out a trump card here. Yes. Right? He's like using his rights as a Roman citizen. I would before I got whipped. Sure, sure. I mean, the, the Empire of Rome had many, many, many vassal nations that they had overtaken. They, they controlled Greece. They controlled the Asia Minor where Cilicia, where Paul was. Cilicia was one of the chief uh, Roman colony cities where they sent a lot of their people. And Paul's father, apparently, when he was growing up, had become very friendly with them and they granted him Roman citizenship, like a, a card that they could carry. Most people didn't have that. Right. They were vassals in whatever state they were or nation they were. Paul was a Roman citizen. This chief captain says, I obtained my card, you know, with a great sum. I, maybe I had to make an offer to look, I'll serve 20 years for you. If you give me that card and make me a Roman citizen, right. you were born that way and you are not allowed to touch a Roman citizen. If that got back to Rome, your head, it's over for you. Even and he binding realized, him yeah. was oh, you don't touch him. against the law. It, it'd be like touching <laughs> yeah. an assemblyman or a congressman. You don't do that. Yeah. Well, it said and the it, chief captain was afraid. You, you better you better mm -hmm. believe he was. Yeah, <laughs> because there was accountability <laughs> in those days. Yeah, that's, there was in those days. <laughs> and <wasn't> responsibility <laughs> in those days. Yeah. yeah. And, and that leads us into chapter 23, and the adventure continues. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have written in my Bible, here, here he is before the Sanhedrin. So, so here's what the chief captain decides to do. He knows there is an uproar in the city. His responsibility at the uh, Roman forum that they had there in Jerusalem was to keep peace in the city of Jerusalem, there were always problems. There were zealots. There were various people fighting and he trying to keep things under control. So I've got this big uproar in the city. These regular people from Jerusalem who I know, ordinarily, they're just at this feast. They don't cause any trouble. This guy shows up. There's trouble. I want to know what's really going on on the morrow. I want to know the certainty of why you're being accused by these Jews. Let me loosen you from your bands. In the meantime, and tomorrow we'll get down in front of the council, we'll get the Jewish leaders, we'll bring you down, and we'll settle this thing. I want to hear both sides of the story. Uh, what's the Bible say? It's uh, foolish to make a decision until you've heard both sides of the story. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Right. So, Proverbs. Yeah. Yeah. And so here in Acts chapter 23, uh, this is before the council. 
And it's the Bible says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God uh-huh. until this day. And the high priest, Ananias, commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Now, let me say real quick, the high priest, Ananias, says, I want you to smite him on the mouth. That means strike him, mm-hmm. physically hit him mm-hmm. in the face. Well, why? Because of what Paul said in the first verse. He says, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. That's a good way to live. That's that's the way God <laughs> would have us to live. That's yeah. Right. But I don't think the high right. priest thinks the high priest thinks he's lying. He yeah. thinks he's telling a lie because you're not being a good Jew. Right. You're not following our religion. How can you have a good conscience if you're not following our religion? Right. right. That's why you need to hit him. Yeah. 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 And as soon as he gets hit, he gets smit, smitten on the mouth. Uh, verse three, then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For sittest thou to judge me after the law and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? Right. There was nowhere in the law of Moses. Remember, Paul had studied the law of Moses. What this man did was beyond the law. It was maybe some new tradition, some new codicil they wrote up, but it wasn't in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy. Paul knew the law. Yeah. And by the way, when Paul speaks here, he says, God shall smite thee. Thou whited wall. Yeah. And you know, that's actually kind of prophetic because history tells that Ananias was killed during the siege of Jerusalem. Interesting. Yeah. So it kind of came to pass. Uh, but the other thing that I thought was interesting is that Paul kind of strikes back. After he's been hit, he kind of strikes back. Well, yeah, and I understand that's part of the human nature. And yes. it may also be. When Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, this man was a Pharisee, right? He's the high priest. Yes. yes. Ananias. Yes. This is the same one that was at the trial of Jesus. The mm-hmm. so-called trial. The, the 20 the years ago. The nightly trial. Yeah, it was yeah. Mm-hmm. And when this man was here, Jesus said in Matthew 23 to him, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you're hypocrites, for you appear outwardly like a whited sepulcher, but and you outwardly you appear beautiful. But inwardly, you're full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. You're full of hypocrisy. And so Paul heard that when Jesus said that. So he's using the same words. He's using kind kind of of the same words Jesus used. Now that he's believing in Jesus, he's going, that's the same guy that tried Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, though, because later on, Paul didn't recognize him to be the high priest. I think Paul's vision was bad at this point. Really? I think part of the blinding. Well, look what he says. Huh. Uh, well, he didn't Paul realize says, that. Verse I know. Five, I wish not that he was the high priest. <clears throat> yeah. For it is written, thou shalt not oh. speak evil of the ruler of thy people. And later on in the book of Galatians chapter four, he writes about how he had very poor eyesight. No. Yes. So I think that was, he didn't recognize the voice, but he just recognized this is the same thing Jesus went through. People accusing him. And this is how Jesus responded. I'll, I'll do that also. That's what he thought. <laughs> so my thought on this, and I could be wrong, but my thought was that uh, Ananias, he had a, a son-in-law, Caiaphas. Yes. And Caiaphas, I think they were both high priests at yes. the time. And maybe Paul was thinking, you're not Caiaphas. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but that was just a thought. Interesting. And, yeah. And, uh, and verse four, it says here, and they that stood by after he strikes back with words, 
they said, revilest thou God's high priest? Well, then said Paul, I wish not, brethren, that he was the I high priest. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. know. For it is written, thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So you see right there, immediately, Paul corrects it, and he, he holds to the law. Yes. He quotes the law. He says, thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. That's correct. So all these things that they were accusing him of beforehand that, oh, you know, Paul's uh, doing away with the customs of Moses and stuff. No, he's holding Here to is it. He is following and obeying the law. He because sure is. the law was given by God. Yes. And, it, and he'll write later on, the, the law is holy and it's good and it's just. Why would God give a bad law? Exactly. God's laws are good. Exactly. And verse, the guy verse, that smote him was doing contrary to the law. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. right. And the guy that gave the order was contrary to the law. Yes. And now he got caught because ordinarily, here's the truth. Very few of us know much Bible. Very few yeah. of us probably know many of the uh, rules of the city we live in, the regulations. And, and either in a church, someone can bring up a verse. It sounds like Bible, but it's not Bible. Or a law enforcement officer can bring up something that's contrary to regulation, and we wouldn't know on our ignorance. Right. But if it's a lawyer, like Paul was, <laughs> then you know. He knows And he knows law. his rights right yeah, away. Yes. And, and it embarrassed both the high priest that did it and the guy that hit him. Yeah. Amen. Uh, verse 6, but when Paul perceived... That the now this is the council. He's looking over the council. We're never going to get through this. We got three <laughs> minutes to go. <laughs> this is really good. What's going to happen here? Go yeah, ahead. I mean we're going to get into <laughs> we this next week. We, we can touch on it. Yeah. And, and Paul, Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, and he cried out in the council. He says, "Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead. I am called in question." And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees mm -hmm. and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. And then the story goes on as to why, because they have different beliefs and different sure. traditions sure. between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But they're Jews, yes. both of them. Yes. And, and yet they have different ways of worship and different traditions that they adhere to. It'd be like Christianity today. There are yeah. different Sex. denominations, denominations, yeah, and, and they'll yeah. argue with each. Yes, and the problem is, they neither one had it right. The Pharisees added all their laws; the Sadducees subtracted. Yes, yes. and then if you get to the end of the scriptures, it says, "If any man shall add unto these things in Revelation, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part." out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Neither one of them have it right, right? No, no we're supposed to uh, take God's <laughs> word. It's like a precious stone, like a gemstone. Like a diamond or a ruby or a sapphire. <clears throat> and it's oh, been shit. perfectly shaped and cut by a great jeweler. And this is God doing it. Yeah. And, and if we to take away from it and whittle away with some tool or just add a bunch of mud on top of it and cover up its beauty, it's not be that's easy. not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take what God has given us and trust and believe it. Amen. And the whole counsel of God, sure, not just mm -hmm. pick and choose. And I say that because, you know, one example is if you go to New York City and you go to the uh, United Nations building oh, right. on the U.N. building in New York City, they've got Isaiah chapter two, verse four, which yeah. says, um, 
They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, right? Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So they'll take that scripture for the United Nations, Mm -hmm. but there's other scriptures that they do not want to see. They do not want to hear. They don't, you know, there's plenty of scriptures that they don't want to know about, like say, Emmanuel, God with us. We're we're just about out of time. What's happening there, it's curious to the United Nations, that is a beautiful scripture and it's a promise of a fulfillment that Jesus himself will bring to the world. He's going to bring peace to the world and they're saying, we can do it. We don't need Jesus to do it. We can do it. We're trying to steal the glory from the Son of God and ascribe it to ourselves. Glory of man. Glory to us. By the way, how how have wars been since the UN started? Have we Horrible. had any? Tons. Yeah. Yeah. About Plenty. 70. Plenty. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh, we're out of time. Well, next week we're going to go. We're going to look at uh, chapter 23 and see about the dissension and the dispute that occurs between these religious groups in the first century, just as they occur today but the bible says without controversy there's no controversy god was manifest in the flesh and he came down here he was seen of the angels he died on the cross he rose again and he's been preached so that we can have life in his name and so we look forward to being with you next week seven o'clock and until we meet with you do like jesus says search the scriptures and you'll know what is true amen you've been listening to what is truth the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.